reading today from Proverbs chapter 10, um, verses 17 through to 24. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes, but a person of understanding delights in wisdom. What the wicked dread will overtake them. What the righteous desire will be granted. This is the word of the Lord. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Good morning, everyone. My name's Jason. I want to say welcome. If you're here for the first time or first few times, from all of us, we want to say great to see you here. Look forward to chat, chatting after the service. It's wonderful to meet up. And for everyone who normally comes, well, it's you. You're looking great. You guys are looking good. It's good to meet together to celebrate God and look to Him. Now, we're going through this series on wisdom today, wisdom and words. So let's call out to God that He gives us his wisdom today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you that we can have this time out and we can gather together and we can praise you that you have saved our souls, Lord. We can praise you that you're the one who gives life. And Lord, we pray now that you'll give us your words. We pray that you'll put them into our minds, write, write them on our hearts, Lord. So pray that you'll work by your spirit and change us and shape us as a people today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in a day, males and females speak a lot of words every day. One, one of those groups speaks around 20,000 words a day. The other group, 7,000 words a day. I'll let you work out which one you think does... The greater number and the lesser number. So we speak so many words, so many different words. Now, I have teenage boys. I don't think they speak 7,000 words a day. <laughs> they, like with the grunting and the short answers, I'm thinking more like 1,000 words a day is probably more like how many words they would speak. But it's still a lot, still a lot of words. And of all the things we do, the words we speak out, there's so many compared to other things that we do in our days and our in our lives. So in a, in a day, what we might drive a car, depends who we are, a few times a day, five times a day. What about shopping? Go shopping, you know, three or four times a week or depending on your plans, it's just like this small bunch of times. You know, and what about food? What we eat like 
six times a day, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, a few snacks in between. Probably doesn't count for like if you had, you know, peanut M&Ms and you got like, it's got to be, you know, I'm eating this, I mean, it's got to be less than 100 though, not like thousands of, you know, if we're eating peanut M&Ms as a meal, it's like just these small, small numbers. Now we also, I don't know, what do we do in a day, in a week, in a month? Maybe, you, you know, going for a haircut, people get a haircut every six weeks or so and it's like building up what design are they going to get? No need to brag about these things. It's like, you know, and what would I know? How, many, how often do you guys go for a haircut? It's, uh, these things happen like rarely, not often. Whereas, you know, so we're speaking, you know, maybe we drive this many times. We speak this many times. Or, you know, six times versus 20,000 words that were put out in one day. We speak so many times. And we want to review how we use these words, and this is what we're here for today. We're here to look to God and for Him to guide us in how we use words. So we use words, you know, to train kids, like the New Zealand guy, training a child how to sing. You know, we might encourage people. We organise things with words. And at other times... We use words in conversation, building friendship, getting connection with other people. Sometimes we use words in a way that's not good. I know for myself, there's times at night I'll think back, it's like, yeah, I wish I didn't say that, or I wish I didn't say it that way. Maybe you've been in that space too, and we're like, oh, I wish I could take that back. There's other times where you look back on a day and think, Oh, yeah, that was a really good conversation. It was great to encourage that person, you know. And either way, we need help with words. We use them so much. We use so many in a day. We want to be deliberate about how we're using our words. Now, we come to church here. We're here because we want to praise God. He saved our soul. We want to listen to Him. We want to have, in a phrase that we've used a lot this series, wisdom from above. We want wisdom from above on words and how we use words. Of the many words we use in a day, we need God to guide us and shape us. And so the book of Proverbs is a great book to go to. It's not a book like where there's long stories. It's just like these short sentences, these short punchy lines that tell us something about wisdom. The short punchy lines that show us patterns in the world and we might see them in the people that we meet and in the conversations that we have. So last week, Dave was talking about Proverbs and possessions. Before that, Proverbs and parenting. Today, Proverbs and words. So may God work mightily in our hearts as we look at this topic. Now, Proverbs points out patterns in the world, dynamics at play. And so as I read through these, maybe reflect on the people that you know, the conversations you've had recently in the past, Have you seen these things, these patterns in the world? Okay, let's look first. Proverbs 10, verse 18. I'm going to start off with foolish words, and this is one of them. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. So the one with hatred in their heart, the one who uses their lips to lie and to slander, that's foolish, it says. You know, Proverbs 17, verse 4. A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. May we see this. People like with bad motivations doing things 
They lie themselves. They gather around other people who do the same thing and they bring pain and hurt. And foolish speech causes trouble. Let's look at Proverbs 18, verse 7. The mouths of fools are their undoing and their lips are a snare to their very lives. So people babble on, they make all these promises, promises that they can't keep and never intended to keep, and then they get caught out. Have you seen this? People babble on, they make these promises, and then they get caught out in the end. Another one, Proverbs 18, verse 15. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Let me read this out again, just think about, oh, have I seen this happen in my days? To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. To, so to speak before, like really listening, to speak before having some kind of empathy with the person that you're talking to, with, without understanding who they are, the words can miss the mark, can't they? Words, they miss the mark and they can be foolish and insensitive words. And this, have you seen these patterns? You think, yeah, yeah, I've seen this thing. I've seen it. I've seen it myself. I've seen these things before. What about Proverbs 26, verse 28 says, A flattering mouth works ruin. Well, someone who sucks up to people to get their way, we might say. They're a known schemer. And we've got the Proverbs, this non-Bible proverb, flattery will get you Nowhere. We have that phrase, don't we? Because that person can't be trusted who speaks like this. So that would be foolish use of words to be, have flattery in your words. Uh, another one's gossip. Proverbs 16, 28. A person, a perverse person, stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. This one's to say it's foolish to gossip. To speak rumors, to speak half truths. What does it do? It stirs up trouble. It escalates things. It creates division. And we link this up with a proverb before. People who cause strife, it shows fruit of division amongst people. And it's like this happens with acquaintances, doesn't it? Like slander about those, they're divided. But like we see this in close friendships. Maybe people have known each other for a long time. Maybe they've journeyed through life and then when slander comes in, when words are used in that way, then it can divide and break. We've seen this, haven't we? There is wisdom in the Bible, in God's word to us. This is a wise word from wise Proverbs and it's a warning to us, don't gossip, don't slander, isn't it? This warning, this encouragement. So in church, we also want to say, don't do the gossip prayer point. You know the one that's like, did you hear what they did? Like, yeah, can you believe that they did that? We should pray for them. And this long line, this gossip slander story, couched in spirituality. We don't want the gossip slander prayer point, which tears down and divides. What about Proverbs 12, verse 18? The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. See, reckless words, they cause pain. It's like you know, the illustration, but like stabbing, name-calling, tearing people down, 
Jokes that aren't jokes, but they're just to be hurtful. Those reckless words, they're hurtful speech, that crush. And we've all experienced that, haven't we? Words thrown out too quickly (coughs) that have caused pain in our lives. So all these things, lying, answering before listening, flattery, gossip, slander, hurtful speech, they show a heart that's inside. They reveal what's in someone's heart. And, you know, our hearts are broken. My heart's broken. And reckless and painful words can come from hearts like that, that are corrupted. So words can come from insecurity. When someone tells a story or puts someone down to make themselves feel better, they squash that person down so they feel better about themselves. It actually came from insecurity in themselves. What about pride? Pride in the heart, oh, that can definitely lead to unwise words, can't it? You know, not taking responsibility. Couldn't be my fault, I'm too good. Blaming other people, making excuses. I did that because... And pride also can, when it's in the mix, you know, terrible things come out when people think, I want to win. I want to win. I'm going to win this conversation, this argument. I'm going to win. And the pride just blurts out all this pain. What about hearts that are indifferent? Hearts that are not caring, not caring enough to even say anything. Well, there's a heart that's full of schemes. Heart where there's some under, underhanded plans, where they're manipulating things. They're flattering people to get their way to make them do things that they want them to do. See, the heart in those spaces, you know, the heart that's insecure, that's proud, that's indifferent, that's scheming, hearts that are in that space, they're going to spew out reckless, negative crushing words, aren't they? And so the book of Proverbs will say, that is foolish speech. There's a place we love to go to on holidays down in Ulladulla, and we'll often go down to the little boat harbour, have chips on that side, you know, that green, the grass on the hill, eat some chips, or walk around with some ice creams. It's cool to go up and walk next to the boats and see what the... The fisher people like are bringing in, they're like, what are they catching at this time? And just have a chat with them. And it's great walking around there. And once I was getting this photo of a boat recently uh, at the start of this year. And so I'm looking at this, this boat. It's like really, it's like a big boat. And then I'm looking down at it, seeing the rudder. Look, it's tiny. The actual, the rudder that steers where it goes, it's just so tiny. And it reminded me of James. And uh, James is like, the wisdom book in the New Testament is a lot wisdom. And he gives a few illustrations where he's talking about words and the power of words. So he says, James 3, 4 and 5, take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body but it makes great boasts. True, isn't it? The tongue, it's it's so tiny. Our tongue is so tiny. Our body is this big. Our tongues are so tiny. They guide and direct. And they can 
make a big mess. They can make a big mess. Or another illustration about sparks and fires recently New South, yeah, across New South Wales, around Australia. I've seen various fires. This is James' illustration about sparks and fires. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. So the tongue, like a fire, little spark comes and then massive regions of Australia burnt down with destruction. And a tongue can be like this, such a small little part of our body can cause such pain in the people around and in our hearts as well. James has got onto something here, isn't he? I encourage you, keep reading through Proverbs, catch up with some James as well, wisdom in the New Testament. See, our words have great potential. They have great potential to destroy. They have great potential to crush and to tear people down. But that's not all they have potential for. That would be foolish words. We want to look at wise words in the Bible. What does the Proverbs teach us about wise speech? Well, wise words are precious and valuable. This is one thing it wants to say. Proverbs 10, verse 20. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. You know, it's like this valuable thing. It's so good. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul. See, kind words from a nice person, that is nice. It is good. It's a precious gift that someone passes to you, a kind and generous word. They are valuable, aren't they? Words, wise words are also timely words. Proverbs 15, verse 23. A person finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word? Now, this asks a question we should all ponder for a moment. How good is a timely word? Have you seen this pattern in your life, in people who have spoken to you and things that they've said? That's, oh, I, can, I can think of a timely word that someone brought to me. Um, see, wise people... Make timely use of words. And wise people also hold back their words. Proverbs 12, verse 23. The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart blurts out folly. So the wise person knows when to be silent. They know when to catch their words, to hold them back. It's like, I could say this, and no, I will hold this back. The wise person knows when not to speak. See, the wise person is controlled. Proverbs 15, verse 28. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The wise person thinks about what they're going to say. We might have this phrase to our children, like, think before you. Think before you speak, like in our days. It's like, yeah, the wise person weighs up. They think about what's the impact of these words. How, how will these words be interpreted by that person? The wise person is careful in choosing their words. So we've seen words, wise words, they're valuable, they're timely, they're sometimes held back and they're controlled. This is respectful, wholesome speech like this, that we, the book of Proverbs is encouraging us about, encouraging us to live out as we look at the patterns in the world and also 
in our lives. In 1963, Martin Luther King gave a speech at Lincoln Memorial in Washington, America. Very famous speech, probably seen videos, heard audio of it. I just want to read some of it out. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. They're powerful words, aren't they? Powerful message. Powerful message for that time and for all time, really. They're powerful words. They're words calling for unity. They're words calling to gather people together. They're words of hope for the future, for better times. What a great message. What a great use of words that was. Crafted together. Great use of words. Now, he spoke on a national stage in front of so many different people, and it's been replayed many more times than that. Now, this is not where we speak, is it? We normally speak, you know, in our lounge room with our family and friends. We might speak on the, in the work office, speak on the project site. We might speak over food in all different places. We don't speak on these large, massive scales like that. But we can also bring words of hope to the people around us, can't we? Different place, yes. Different places we might talk and use words. But we can impart useful words to other people. We could say this in a different way. Use words to nourish. Proverbs 10, verse 21. The lips of the righteous nourish many. You know, it's talking about to feed and to give nutrients to a plant illustration here, to support that plant in its growth. Here it means use words as a support and a strengthening to add to their lives. You know, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul. They bring healing and restoration, don't they? There are words that can be used that can bring healing and strength to other people. They, they're sweet and nice words, building up words. You know, our words have potential. Our words have great potential, like these 7,000, 20,000 words we use in a day, or however many there are. Our words have potential to strengthen other people, to empower them. Our words have potential. Now, I notice that line about nourish. It's got that idea of sustaining and it reminds me of God the creator. You know, God creates the world and he sustains the world. This, he nourishes the world so it can keep on going. You know, Genesis 1 verse 1, God speaks and he makes life happen. He creates the world, he speaks it into being. 
You know, God's words give life. And we look to Jesus, we see this same kind of thing. Jesus' words give life. Jesus' words add, you know. He says things like this. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So illustration, bread and drink. He's talking about spiritual things, though, isn't he? He's talking about spiritual nourishment. Like Jesus satisfies deep longings in our souls. That's what Jesus does. What about this other one? Words of Jesus. Can you finish this line for me? God so loved the world that he... That whoever believes in him... Oh, they're words of life, aren't they? Jesus speaks out these words of life. He gives words that can not just nourish for a day, but nourish people for all eternity as they trust Jesus and get in relationship with him. And they can go to heaven because Jesus gives life. The one who died for us, the one who laid down his life, rose again in power. And that one speaks spiritual words so that we can have nourishment for our souls for all eternity. God speaks words of life. Jesus speaks words of life and gives life to us. Now, Jesus got a special job there. Now, we're not Jesus. We can pass on his words. We can share his promises. But he's got that special job to be the saviour. Only he has that job. Only he's got the job to rise again and show victory and strength. That's his job. You know, there's something that he does that we can join in with, and that is we can pass on words. We can share the promises of Jesus. You know, and when we speak, we use all kinds of words, words to organize, to plan, to train, to express our dreams, to express sadness and hope. We can use descriptive words or instructional words Emotive words, thinking words. And we can use words to declare that God is wise, like out of this series. We can use words to say, God is wise. He put these patterns in the world. We can share about that. We can use words to proclaim Jesus, the giver of life. We can use our words to talk to God, like God who created the world. We can talk to him and we, God gives us words to use for that relationship. We can use words in that way. And we can use words to pass on the promises of God. And surely this has got to be the greatest use of words. Like we, we speak 7,000, 20,000 a day, so many in a lifetime. Surely the greatest thing that we can do with words is to praise God for the love that we have in Jesus. Surely that's the greatest things that words could be used for. So as parents and grandparents, adopted uncles and aunties, we can have spiritual conversation with spiritual words. You know, as brothers and sisters in Jesus, you know, if you follow Jesus and you're here, it's like we can have spiritual conversations together and we do. We meet up for growth groups and coffees and we talk after the service and we have these conversations, spiritual conversations as individual people with God we can have spiritual conversation in prayer. So what would this look like if we're using words as spiritual words? What would it look like as we live this out in our lives when we meet up together? What does this 
What shape does it take? Well, we, I, I see you guys doing this, like the conversation. I, I hear about like growth groups talking about this topic and that topic. I see people chatting afterwards and they're talking about, you know, God at work in their lives. You know, so how, what does it look like? It's sharing how God answers prayers. It's sharing how God has spoken to us in his word that week, passing it on to someone else. It's sharing what impresses us about Jesus and telling other people about that. So I want to say over morning tea today, yes, talk about the footy, you know, go the dragons. Um, talk about food, talk about clothes, talk about the weather and your holiday plans. Yes, talk about all of those things and also and add spiritual conversations too. Talk about Jesus who gives life who breathes in and he creates and restores and heals. Talk about Jesus as well. I want to encourage us all to add spiritual words into our conversations. Well, Proverbs has so many things to say about words. I only chose literally a few, a few of them. There are so many foolish words and wise words. So I encourage you to keep reading through the book yourself, keep going away and like praying over, looking over the ones, you know, what, you heard about possessions last week, just thinking that through, like take one of those proverbs. Look for the pattern in your life or the parenting one and like, well, today about words. Just come to God and call out to him and may he work in us. And we see, we see teacher warnings against foolish words about lying, answering before listening, gossip and slander, hurtful speech, these warnings to avoid to not be a part of, but instead to have wise words, words that are valuable, words that are timely, that are controlled, held back, words that nourish. You know, I started off talking about this idea we speak so many words a day, 7,000 words a day. I think when I get home, it's like, oh, sorry, babe, I've used so many words, I can't talk anymore. It's like after this morning. So we use so many words in a day, Make them count. Choose them carefully. Make them count in the lives of people around you. And like as we reflect and look at, look at our lives, and I want to say learn from the patterns of the Bible and learn from the patterns in your life. Learn from the patterns of the things that you repeat and do over and over. Review those. Like see the things that are great, the habits you have like where you're encouraging and blessing, but then also in that review, see the time, maybe habits, where it slips into foolish words. I want to say praise God for the times that you use words to bless other people. Do, yeah, keep doing more of that. Let's keep doing more of that. And see the times you use unwise words, times where, where we speak out of pride or indifference or insecurity. Let's see those patterns in our lives. And we ask God for forgiveness. And he gives us a new day, a new time to start forward. We have a lot of words that we use every day. Let's make them count. Now I want to finish off with this. We sang a song earlier by James Ferguson, Dustin Smith and Rich Thompson. Saved my soul. Now here's some of the words from it. I was lost... When you came for me, held in chains by the enemy, but you broke them in victory. Now I'm free, I'm free. This is good, isn't it? You are, 
Oh, you, my God, have saved my soul. I am yours forevermore. I won't be moved of this, I'm sure. You are my God, and you saved my soul. Now, we can learn a lot from songwriters. We can learn a lot because each line is chosen very carefully. Like the pacing of those words, the breakup of those words, it's all planned. Each word that's used is like to put forward a message, to go with the rhythm, to go with the time. And you know, for us, we can learn a lot from that. We can learn a lot from songwriters about carefully chosen words. And so when we think about how we speak, oh, may God strengthen us this week to choose careful words that bring life to others. Yeah, that's our prayer, isn't it? That God will fill us with his spirit so we choose words and we use words that breathe life and strength into the people around us. Let's pray. Yeah, Father, we thank you so much that you are the God who speaks. We thank you, God, you spoke and created. You made everything. Lord, you made us. And Lord, we're so thankful for everything that you have made. And Lord, we thank you that you, by your word you sustain your creation. And we thank you that Jesus does this too. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus speaks words of life. And Lord, we thank you for that life, that we can walk and know you have saved our soul and we're free forevermore. We praise you, God. We thank you. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us as we reflect on the patterns in our lives of how we speak. Lord, we pray that you shape us and grow us. Lord, we thank you for the times you've given us words that have built up others this week. We thank you. You're alive in us, God. And we pray, Lord, that you'll change us and forgive us for when we've spoken and torn down, Lord. Yeah, fill us your spirit, Lord. We need your wisdom. We need your wisdom from above. So, Lord, lead us into words that bless. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.